Hearty welcome to all of our listeners, our faithful listeners this afternoon on Looking Up with David Block. You're listening to Professor David Block. And to reach me in studio, please, why don't you dial 0861 That's 0861 one eight nine. The Twitter handle is at cliffcentral.com. To reach us on Instagram, Cliff Central. Likewise, on Facebook is Cliff Central, and the WeChat ID is also Cliff Central. Why don't you follow me? Uh, yes, indeed, you can follow me, Professor David Block, on Twitter. And my Twitter handle is at Starry Galaxy Man. Very easy to memorize, at Starry Galaxy Man. And my webpage is www.davidblock.co.za. Again, a very, very hearty welcome to each one of you. I trust there'll be myriads of questions as we discuss one of the most, perhaps, Currently controversial books on sale regarding astronomy. Now, the book is entitled Four Blood Moons, and uh, the subtitle is Something is About to Change. So, of course, a very gripping title. What is, we all know what the moon looks like, but what are blood moons? And why are there four blood moons? And then, of course, there's this link, this hook, which tells us, apparently so, that something, which is terribly vague, I would have thought, as a professor of astronomy, but nevertheless, something we are told is about to change. Now, this is not just your ordinary sort of book. It's available throughout this country. It's available uh, worldwide. And I today will look at the content of this book very, very, very carefully. But just to sort of paint uh, with a broad swath of the paintbrush, uh, some of the history and the hype surrounding this book, Four Blood, Four Blood Moons, which I saw yesterday at one of our largest bookstores. This book became a bestseller uh, by April 2014 last year. Four Blood Moons became a bestseller, spending more than 150 days on Amazon.com's top 150. So for that, that's no mean achievement at all. And then, furthermore, for the week ending March the 30th last year, 2014, it was the ninth best-selling paperback, according to Publishers Weekly. So again, uh, bestseller, Amazon.com's top 150, it ranked as the ninth best-selling paperback, according to Publishers Weekly, 
And uh, by mid-April of last year, never mind this year, it had this book, Four Blood Moons, had hit number four on the New York Times best-selling list in the advice category. So here we have something apparently quite extraordinary, something which is startling, apparently so, something which is riveting, apparently so, and uh, something is about to change, apparently so. It is very rare, I agree, to find a book which is spending more than 150 days on Amazon's top 150 list. And then by March 30, it's the ninth best-selling paperback, according to Publishers Weekly, and again then hits uh, an all-time high, uh, number four, on the New York Times bestseller list. So... On my Twitter feed at Starry Galaxy Man, people have been saying to me, Professor Block, I'm absolutely um, burning up with curiosity because we see this book on sale. It claims uh, so much. It's got a very enigmatic title, uh, Four Blood Moons. What is this, Prof? Does it have any uh, significance? What is this claim? Now, first of all, I want to point out something which is terribly important about this book, that this is not a book written by an astronomer whatsoever. It is written by a pastor, a very well-respected pastor, I understand. I do not know the man personally whatsoever, but he is not an astronomer. So immediately one's guards should go up, perhaps, because this book is uh, in the top uh, you know, echelons of the New York Times bestseller list, but uh, Four Blood Moons is not written by an astronomer. So immediately, I think back to the days of Galileo Galilei. Now, let's just picture this for a moment. You will remember that Galileo Galilei was in direct conflict with those who proclaimed that the Earth was the center of the universe. Largely supported by theologians of the Catholic Church at the time, uh, Galileo Galilei said to the church and to the world, in fact, I see moons orbiting another world. I look at Jupiter, he said, and I see moons such as Io, Europa, Ganymede, Callisto. I see bodies in orbit around another world, which would be a death knell to the uh, geocentric model, which would say that everything centers about the Earth and not about any other planet or not about the sun. And so Galileo Galilei, and I remember well being in Florence and looking at his incredible drawings. They are absolutely breathtaking, mouth-watering drawings. I looked at his drawings very carefully. And, uh, you know, there it was just so clear that uh, the moon was not a perfect sphere. The sun was not a perfect sphere, as had been assumed um, by theologians in the past. And also that the sun had sunspots on it, which went against totally the Aristotelian philosophy, which claimed that the earth 
is that the sun, rather, was per perfect sphere and that the moon was unblemished with no craters. Now, we know that also not to be true. So, you can imagine Galileo Galilei writing his book, which is called Sidereus Nuncius. Now, he wrote this book as an astronomer, of course. And uh, Galileo Galilei uh, was sentenced by the Catholic Church to um, house arrest. He was sentenced by the Inquisition to one of the most severest, I would have thought, uh, punishments you could ever meter upon Galileo Galilei, and that was to spend your life. Uh, he was then well over 70 in house arrest, and he died, as it were, in house arrest. I actually visited the home in which he um, lived prior to his death. And so there you had a book which created a central stir, but that book was written by an astronomer. And so, and by a highly qualified astronomer, Galileo Galilei was, you know, undoubtedly one of the greatest astronomers who ever lived. And undoubtedly, you know, one of the fathers of uh, modern science and the modern scientific method and so on of observability and of testability. So there we have, on the one hand, Galileo Galilei using his telescope, you know, being a highly trained, highly skilled observer. Uh, and it's unfortunate that the church came down so hard on Galileo Galilei because nowhere in the book of Genesis do we actually read, nowhere in the book of Genesis do we actually read that the earth is the center of the cosmos. Nowhere in the book of Genesis do we read that everything's going around the earth. Nevertheless, uh, the Catholic Church of the day um, sentenced Galileo Galilei to house arrest. Uh, it is... Uh, it's a riveting, riveting story to read in its own right. Now, in contrast to Galileo's great book, Siderius Nuncius, now we have a book which is causing a tremendous amount of stir because it's on the New York Times best-selling list, and it's entitled Four Blood Moons. Now, it's interesting. Uh, at the time of Galileo Galilei, as far as astronomy was concerned, the Catholic Church was totally wrong. There was... Total ignorance on the part of the Pope, and uh, I'm not trying to have any swipe whatsoever uh, at any specific um, interpretation of Genesis, except to say this, that I am stating fact today, that Galileo said he beholds a universe where the sun is apparently the center of our solar system, and the church, the Catholic Church, rather, came down very, very hard on him. So here is a book written by a, a pastor, not an astronomer. And so you've got to be very careful. My ears, all my ears, Duncan, would go up immediately. Uh, Duncan being my audio engineer today, uh, with regard to these blood moons, because uh, we have to look at this very carefully to see, is it based on fact? Are the interpretations far-fetched? Are the interpretations fiction? And so on and so on and so on. And as a professor of computational and applied mathematics and astronomy, uh, I want to unpack that very, very carefully today, uh, moment by moment. Now, if one sort of Googles blood moons, 
Just Google blood moons. A plethora of websites will come up. An absolute plethora. Hundreds of thousands, if not more, of hits will be made. And I'm just looking on my computer to one that comes up uh, on Google. It's entitled, The Coming Four Blood Moons, A Warning to Israel, and then uh, The End of the World is Eminent. Well, these are very startling claims to make uh, from an astronomical point of view. Of course, again, to repeat, the author of The Four Blood Moons is not an astronomer, but is a pastor. And so one has to understand that pastors are often immersed in the beginnings, but also the endings of the world. But I do want to caution this, people, with the following note of caution, is that when one seeks advice about matters regarding, say, a tumor on the brain, one goes to see a neurologist. He is trained, a professor of neurology, for example, is trained to understand the morphology and the dynamics of tumors better than anyone else. Now, here we have a very strange mix. Blood moons on the one hand, and then on the other hand, uh, the rapture, the end of the world, the coming four blood moons, a warning to Israel, and something is about to happen. Now, I cannot stress or overstress the or underestimate the importance which this book has had worldwide. And as I travel the world and as I speak, people are just so interested, including my Twitter followers, as to what these blood moons signify. Are they real? Are they fictional? Do they belong to the realm of mythology? What are these blood moons? Well, why not ask me some questions about the blood moons? You're listening to Professor David Block. You can reach me in studio here at Cliff Central, uh, 0861-555-189. Uh, the Twitter handle at cliffcentral.com, Instagram, Facebook, and WeChat ID, all Cliff Central. So, the blood moons, what are they? Well, just wait in suspense, but perhaps not so much in suspense as you listen to some really beautiful ethnic music today. You're listening to Professor David Block, and the show is entitled Looking Up with David Block. Do feel free to reach us on all the social media using the um, information provided. Moments away. Well, here's a comment. Professor, there's so much information out there telling us that there's a certain group of people, the elite, that rule the world and that some of the most, who come from some of the world's most influential and powerful families and who try to fulfill all the prophecies that are in the Bible, the so-called end of times. Well, that's a very, very interesting comment, of course, 
And uh, regarding the end of times, it is very clear, according to the Bible, that there will be an end to time. And that's very clear from an astronomical perspective as well, is that the universe had a beginning and the universe will have an end. So there's no conflict there whatsoever. But what is at stake today is this book called Floor Blood Moons, that which claims that the end of the world uh, may be this year. And uh, as a professor of astronomy, I have to tackle this now head on because I am getting just multitudes. The the lines, the social media are buzz with people asking me for my personal opinion. So first of all, what is a blood moon? Nothing special. A blood moon is related to the earth's shadow in the following sense. It is well known that the moon goes around the earth. The moon actually orbits the earth. And so when the moon enters the shadow of the earth, it turns blood red. And the reason for that is because of dust in the earth's atmosphere. So it's called a blood moon. Uh, there's nothing special about that uh, wording, blood moon. Um, the moon enters the shadow of the earth. And I always remember being in Krugersdorp at my home with my parents, uh, often observing these beautiful total solar eclipses where the uh, moon enters the shadow of the earth and it turns red. Uh, if you want to Google rally scattering, you're welcome. It's the reason it turns red, really. Rally scattering, R-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H, rally scattering in our atmosphere. So in other words, there is nothing spectacular whatsoever from an end of times perspective of a blood moon. Lunar eclipses and total eclipses of the moon have occurred for centuries and millennia and yet more. Allow me to repeat, wearing my professorial hat yet again as an astronomer is that this uh, terminology of the blood moon is a very well, very well observed astronomical phenomenon. In fact, every time there's a total solar eclipse, thinking back to my Krugersdorp days, as I said, the moon would gradually enter the shadow of the earth and it would turn redder and redder and redder. And eventually you say, wow, the moon is just perfectly red, which you could, I suppose, in ancient cultures, think of blood. So... You know, the word blood moons uh, is very enigmatic and sounds uh, very mysterious, but uh, there's no uh, astronomical uh, importance related to blood moons in any sense of the word. But that's not the rub. The rub is that the title is not blood moons, because that would just be ludicrous. That's just total eclipses of the moon. But the title is four blood moons. Now, what the claim is, is that there were two total eclipses of the moon last year, and there will be another two uh, total eclipses of the moon this year. And in astronomy, we call these a tetrad. In other words, what is a tetrad? Well, a tetrad means four. 
So a tetrad of blood moons means four total lunar eclipses. Two in the year 2014, which have passed and they occurred. And then two in the year, this year, 2015. So you've got two eclipses of the moon, total lunar eclipses in the year 2014. And two in the year 2015, this year. Now, here comes the real rub is that it is claimed that all four of these total lunar eclipses occur uh, during the Feast of Pesach, Passover, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, we need to look at that very, very carefully. Uh, I have in front of me an image of a blood moon, a total lunar eclipse, uh, over the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem. And uh, as Duncan would agree, my audio engineer, it looks very enigmatic, very, very striking, very, very mysterious. And clearly, if you've got four of these in two years, and they're falling over Jewish feast days, Pesach and Sukkot, the claim is, by this author, the claim, and other authors too, and on these websites, and there are thousands of them, the claim is that this must be very prophetic, that something is actually going to happen, that this is in some way related to the end of times. And so, again, before I jump to any conclusions, I need to put on my astronomical hat, and one also needs to put on one's theological hat. Um, of course, I believe in the existence of God, and very deeply so. But I have to understand very carefully what the Bible is telling me and what the Bible is not telling me. Galileo said this. Galileo, as a Christian, said that the Bible tells us how to go to heaven, not how the heavens go. In that, I love that quote. The Bible, says Galileo, Galilei, teaches us how to go to heaven. It's not a scientific textbook. It doesn't teach us how the heavens go. So we need to unravel these four blood moons very, very carefully because there's a plethora of them. I can see just on the screen next to me uh, a plethora of them coming up and uh, as Duncan sweeps through the web and so serves the web. And so just let's look at what's happened last year and then let's look at what's going to happen this year. Well, in front of my screen, I have four blood moons. So, yes, that's true. There were two total eclipses of the moon last year, and there will be another two total eclipses of the moon this year. So, last year, uh, at Pesach, uh, the Passover, on uh, April the 15th of last year, uh, and at Pesach in, in April, uh, yes, uh, we did look up and astronomers beheld uh, an awesome sight. You had the beautiful full moon and it just, you know, got redder and redder and redder. And, uh, you know, to the untrained eye, it just looks so awesome and so perhaps enigmatic and so mysterious. And, you know, of course, I understand what's happening as a professor. You know, these uh, blood moons are very beautiful to watch. Uh, and so that did occur on the 15th of April last year at Pesach time. Now, um, 
that's not terribly significant at Pesach time, uh, because of course in the Jewish calendars uh, are very much lunar based as opposed as opposed to the Gregorian calendar. But then, of course, uh, last year in October, Sukkot, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles, on the eighth um, of the tenth month, the eighth of October last year, again looking up. Uh, you would have, one could have seen, uh, not from all parts of the earth, but certainly from some parts of the earth, uh, the moon turning blood red again, a total eclipse of the moon, and the moon turning blood red, and again, very carefully understood scientific principles called rally scattering and a lot of dust in our atmosphere. So, there that happened. Fully agreed. Professor David Block fully agrees that on Pesach last year and on Sukkot last year, there were two total eclipses of the moon. Um, the moon did turn blood red from the domains where this eclipse was visible. And, uh, and now, of course, we need to look at the tetrad. Now, you remember earlier I explained to you that tetrad means a sequence of four. Now we've only had a sequence of two uh, up to the present epoch. But of course, the title of the book is Four Blood Moons. Now, again, just wearing my astronomical hat for a moment, I can't see anything special, I don't know whether you can, of the significance of, say, two blood moons last year, if you understand that these are just totally ordinary events. There have been these events happening uh, over the millennia, over Pesach and Sukkot. So why single out the year, 2014 and 2015? I would ask, not scathingly whatsoever at uh, anybody, but simply asking a very rational question. This has happened on many Pesachs and Sukkots before, so what's the hype about last year's? But of course, these people uh, and the followers of the four blood moon scenario then claim that something special will happen this year. So let's look at that very, very carefully. So April is not too far away. Uh, I am very soon about to board an aircraft in February and flying to Australia for um, a good couple of weeks. And I'll have the singular joy, the singular joy of being interviewed by Gareth week by week. And I'll be bringing you the latest updates from the world's greatest observatories, which I'll be visiting. And it's going to be an awesome set of five weeks where we'll have crossings to Sydney. We'll have crossings when I'm in Canberra. We'll have crossings when I'm in the Gold Coast. I'll be bringing you on Cliff Central the very latest cutting-edge astronomy and science uh, right current uh, up to the moment. But in April of this year, in Pesach, during the uh, Pesach time, uh, on the 4th of the 4th of 2015, in other words, April the 4th, uh, will be another total eclipse of the moon. So diarize that. On April the 4th uh, of this year, the moon will turn blood red yet again. Uh, nothing special. Uh, it's a total solar eclipse of the moon occurring during Pesach time. Again, happens countless scores of times down the millennia. But uh, then the fourth one, forming the tetrad, 
is a total soul, a total eclipse of the moon on Sukkot. And I'm speaking here with my Jewish tongue, I suppose. So you'll hear Pesach and Sukkot and Pesach and Sukkot on the 28th of the ninth month of this year. So here is the four blood moons. Two have occurred and two will still be seen. The first uh, on the 15th of April of last year, then the second Sukkot on the 8th of the 10th month, the 8th of October, then in Pesach of this year, the 4th of the 4th, the moon will turn blood red yet again, and then in Sukkot on the 28th um, of September, the moon will turn blood red again. So there you've got four four blood moons in a row and uh, it's called the four blood moons or the blood moon tetrad remember I told you earlier listeners that tetrad means a sequence of four so you've got four total uh, lunar eclipses and uh, we now need to understand um, we now need to look very carefully at the significance that something is about to change, the sort of um, end-of-the-world scenario. Well, I suppose you can sense from the tone of my voice that I uh, am totally, I'm not at ease whatsoever with outrageous claims which do not, which are not written books, which are not written by astronomers which make the most outrageous claims because this has happened countless times in my lifetime. I'm only a mere 60 years old, but it's happened countless of times that people have told me that the end of the, um, that the end of the world is drawing nigh. I remember, um, the year 1999 to the year 2000. I don't know if you remember, but people said uh, you won't be able to buy food, uh, that all the computers would die down. The digitization 999 to 2000 would cause immense problems around the globe. And I simply debunked it. I said on air, I said on air, every radio station I was interviewed on and privileged to be interviewed on, uh, this is absolute nonsense. Nevertheless, a lot of people went out there and bought food. We had the same... Uh, for the uh, a couple of years ago with a Mayan calendar, people claimed that on the basis of the Mayan calendar that the end of the world was drawing nigh, the Mayan calendar was apparently ending, and there was a huge hype worldwide uh, of uh, hysteria. And here's a comment that's just reached me. What's really dangerous is people that make uh, dangerous and uneducated conclusions. And I agree with that. They are uneducated conclusions. And um, they do not, they are not scientists. They do not reach their conclusions by means of the rigorous Baconian method of science. Well, I've had a tremendous amount of intro to say to all my beloved listeners on cliffcentral.com. So how about a little bit of relaxation before we continue with this awesome subject of the four blood moons? What a great joy it is to be explaining to you the awesome astronomical phenomenon of the blood moons, just so that everybody's on the right page. And uh, we'll then wrap up with some interesting thoughts. But um, 
The eclipse last year, the total solar, the total lunar eclipse on April the 15th of 2014, uh, certainly, uh, the moon turned blood red, but what's very interesting is that certainly no eclipse at all was visible over Israel. Now please remember that the claim is that these four blood moons have got sig- tremendous significance for the state of end Israel and for end time prophecies and for the end of the world and for the return of Jesus and so forth. So you must understand that some very, very extreme claims are being based on these tetrads, this tetrad of four blood moons. So let me just start off with the April one last year. Uh, that was certainly not visible uh, from Israel. In fact, I'm just showing Duncan here on my screen that anything in grey is no eclipse visible, and certainly in Israel, the eclipse is not seen at all. So that's very curious. Here you've got all this pumped-up hype with regard to Israel and end-time prophecies, and the eclipse is not even visible from Israel. Now, the next one, as I told you, occurred on the 8th of October last year, and again, uh, that eclipse was not visible from Israel. Uh, the coming one, uh, April the 4th, 2015, from where will we see that? Well, we certainly won't see it from South Africa. We won't see it from Africa. It's not visible over Africa at all. Uh, and it's certainly not visible over Israel. I'm looking at maps prepared by Fred Espinak, who's probably one of the world's greatest experts in this area. And uh, so, that's quite a tragedy now. Here we have eclipse number three on April the 4th, 2015, and it's not even visible from Israel. So give me a break, folks. Where are we heading with all this nonsense? Yes, the blood moons and the lunar eclipses, sure. But where are we heading with all this connection to Israel? I simply don't understand this. Neither wearing my astronomical hat or reading the Bible. I simply don't understand this, uh, uh, what so ever. So the total lunar eclipse of this forthcoming April 2015 has got nothing to do whatsoever, any linkage whatsoever with Israel. And then the one on the 28th of this year, uh, September 28, 2015, I'm looking at the Earth's, um, at the Umbra and Penumbra, and I see that, uh, in, uh, the eclipse is just visible at uh, moonset. So in other words, you'll have to get onto a very tall building uh, in um, Israel and just take a peek at your western horizon, uh, just a quick peek, and you would see the total lunar eclipse on the 28th of this year. Uh, so, three out of the four blood moons not visible over Israel at all. And the fourth one, you have to get onto a very tall skyscraper, look towards the west, and uh, see the eclipse. So, let me just give you some very interesting facts and figures. And nobody will tell you this. But as a professor of astronomy, allow me to tell you this. There have been 62 tetrads since the first century A.D., 62 four-blood moons, 62 sequential four-blood moons. But devil will tell you that. When you pick up these books and it says four-blood moons, 
and the four blood moon tetrad. Nobody's going to tell you that it's happened 62 times in the past since the first century AD. And you know, there, clearly, therefore, what is uh, being claimed is utter bunkum. Now, what's interesting is you might say to me, well, prof, uh, 62 tetrads, well, that's a huge number since the first century AD. But what about the fact that these are all occurring, these four blood moons are occurring on Pesach or Sukkot, the, um, you know, two of uh, Judaism's most um, embracing of holidays, the Pesach and Sukkot. Well, let me tell you again, as a professor of astronomy, that we've had tetrads in the past. We've had sequences of four blood moons, which coincide with both Passover and the Feast of Tabernacle. In fact, since the first century AD, we've had eight of them. So we've had eight of these. So why the hype in 2014, 2015? Again, I would urge pastors not to start teaching me astronomy. I uh, talk and I talk to listeners around the world. We'll be interviewed by Gareth Cliff live in Australia and so forth. And I meet with the world's greatest astronomers. But give me a break. Eight of these tetrads have coincided with both the Jewish feasts. Uh, Pesach and Sukkot. So there have been 62 in the past. Uh, eight of them uh, have coincided. So why choose this one, 2014-2015, as the one uh, designating, apparently so, um, the end of the world? And I just believe God looks at these books and laughs at them. I want to say that again. might be outrageous, but I know that, you know, multitudes of my listeners who are astronomers and professors of astronomy, you know, would fully agree with me, is that God simply looks at these books like, you know, four blood moons, and there's something is about to change, and he just laughs at them. Because this is exactly what happened during the time of Galileo Galilei, is pastors tried to teach Galileo astronomy, and they, Galileo didn't fall for it. And again, pastors, some pastors, not all by any means, but some pastors are trying to teach me about astronomy. And while I might have great respect for their theological insights, I have zero respect for their astronomical knowledge because they haven't even done Calculus 1. The point is to be an astronomer. We do Calculus 1, we do Math 2, we do Calculus and Math 3. I mean, Part of my bread and butter is to study, for example, relativistic astrophysics. Part of my bread and butter is to study active and conformally active symmetries in metrically automorphic spacetimes. I am trained in this area. Don't give me this hype and bunkum of uh, four blood moons, um, you know, uh, uh, pretending to signify in any sense whatsoever the end of the world. We've had this hype over and over and over again uh, for centuries in the past and for centuries to come in the future. And yet some of these pastors believe that it's quite in order to teach um, professors of astronomy, some give them some insights into matters astronomical. And I say, first study your astronomy. Enter BSc 1. Enter BSc 2, and do your third year BSc, then do your Bachelor of Science degree honors, then do your master's degree, then do your doctor degree, and then start talking to me. So, 
What does Fred Espinak say? Because many of these uh, almost cultish sorts of movements, um, fringing on cultish. Why fringing? Because they're claiming that uh, the end of the world is drawing nigh to this year. And while, as I've said, the end of the world will end, there's been a big, for example, our son, our son was born 4.5 billion years ago, and our son will die. Uh, you know, it's about halfway through its life cycle. So 4.5 billion years is where we're sitting at the present time. But why this year draw in the four blood moon scenario, I do not know. So Fred Espinak, who's perhaps one of the most highly regarded at NASA, and you can certainly Google his name, uh, Fred and then Espinak. So that's E for egg, S for sugar, P for Peter, E for egg, N for Nelly, A for apple, K. E for egg, S for sugar, P for Peter, E, N for Nelly, A, K. Fred Espinak is uh, perhaps the most highly regarded uh, expert on tetrads, uh, on blood moons and on the tetrads. And uh, don't misquote him. Here is a true quote by Fred Espinak. He says, during the 21st century, there are eight sets of tetrads. That means, Duncan, 32 blood moons. So during the century, there will be eight sets of tetrads. And so he says, so I would describe tetrads as a frequent occurrence in the current pattern of lunar eclipses. So why the hype? Well, whenever one starts seeing some signs in the sky, People start jumping to massive conclusions at times, like the moon will be turned to blood upon the returning of the Lord, and so forth and so forth and so forth. But you must remember that, you know, when Israel became a nation in 948, uh, in fact, there were absolutely no tetrads there whatsoever. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's... I've, I see on the web before my eyes here, um, end of the world, September 2015. But let's remember that something that the Lord Jesus himself said. He said, but of that day and that hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels which are in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father. That's in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. So if you want to tie in the coming of Jesus... To, uh, to the blood moon scenario, it's absolute nonsense. Jesus himself says of that day and that hour knows no man, knows no astronomer, nobody knows. So that's very interesting regarding, um, the second coming. But what's very interesting is I've got in front of me a picture of David Ben-Gurion. I remember as a young schoolboy going to the Wanderers just down the road here from our Ravonia studios and um, seeing David Ben-Gurion live in action. And David Ben-Gurion publicly pronounced the Israeli uh, Declaration of Dependence. I believe it was on May the 14th, 1948. But there were no blood moons 
No tetrad of lunar eclipses in 1948. So there's this hype, but it's an uneducated hype. It's nonsense. It's bunkum. It's like Galileo. Again, uh, people, pastors are trying to teach scientists what is happening. And as a scientist myself who does believe in God, as many of you know, I say that God would take a book like that and laugh at it because it's not doesn't fit with the ethos of an educated, scientifically trained astronomical mind. There was no tetrad of lunar eclipses during the year 1948-1949. So as I say, astronomy is filled with hoaxes. They abound in the astronomical literature. End of the world hoaxes, the Mars hoax. Um, again, I'd like to say this. People often say to me, Professor, what's your take on the Bible and science? And I, I think my take is very much the same as, you know, a person I just admire so much, Galileo Galilei. And again, he said, the Bible teaches us how to go to heaven, not how the heavens go. In other words, the Bible is not a scientific textbook. Don't take things out of context and I would like everyone who's alive in 2016 to take books like these and say, but they were bunkum. They did not predict the end of the world. But nobody seems to do this. People just seem to move on to the next cult or the next myth. And I've spent my life debunking myths and hoaxes in um, astronomy. You know, I even have... On my laptop now, it says urgent. This may be the last follow-up provided uh, because the end of the world is coming. It might be the last live streaming on air. And, uh, you know, as I just look at this end-of-the-world scenario, this was predicted in the year 2012. And it had to do with the Mayan calendar. It had to do with a comet Nibiru. It had, uh, sorry, Nibiru. It had to do with uh, comet Elenin. And, um, you know, there were headlines screaming out, comet Elenin heading towards the earth. Nibiru is approaching the earth and so forth and so forth. And all of that actually proved to be, um, to be total bunkum. And so, what I'd like to say uh, is this, regarding the four blood moons, is that, yes, total eclipses of the moon are very beautiful. And it has happened dozens and myriads of times throughout the millennia that there have been tetrads. Do remember what a tetrad is. A tetrad, in this case, is a sequence of four total lunar eclipses. Two last year, for example, and another two this year. Yes, the moon will turn red. Yes, the moon, if you want to, will look like blood. Yes, if you want to say that you are looking at a blood moon, God is not going to strike you dead. But one thing I want to say today, uh, very clearly on this broadcast, which I'm so privileged to ha have, courtesy of Gareth Cliff, is this that the hype 
surrounding the social media with tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands, you know, claims that the earth is going to end and that, you know, there's a great significance because these uh, blood moons are occurring during the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Pesach, Passover. Those are simple myths. They belong in the realm of mythology. Jesus himself said, nobody knows when he is returning. The sun has been born. The sun will die. Please do not jump into the great catism or chasm which uh, the church was fraught upon uh, in the time of Galileo Galilei. Here you had a professor of, um, you know, astronomy and mathematics, Galileo Galilei, and, you know, it was pastors, it was the church, it was theologians who started trying to teach Galileo that they insisted that the Bible says the earth is the center of the universe. The Bible doesn't say that, um, and neither... Very sincerely so does the Bible say that the year is going to end, the world is going to end, the cosmos which I study is going to end in September of this year. As we play out with music, it's been, this has probably been one of the most important broadcasts which I've ever conducted this year because of the hype on the social media platform. I trust it will be downloaded across the world. I trust if you're listening to my voice today, you'll stream it to all your, you'll stream the link to all your Twitter followers around the globe, to your Facebook friends around the globe. Four blood moons, yes, but something is about to happen and the end of the world drawing nigh is absolutely again as in the case of Galileo Galilei and the church. The realm of hype, the realm of the fictitious and the realm of um, science fiction at its best. This has been Professor David Block immensely enjoying this one-hour crossing with you on Looking Up with David Block. Until next week, goodbye. Did you see the shining moon Turned into a black balloon Just as you walked away from me Did you see how hard I've tried Not to show the pain inside Just as you